Hello world, welcome to the third episode of my podcast, The Meaning of What. Before we jump in today, I want to make a quick disclaimer. During the podcast, I cough a few times and say, it's not COVID, I promise. And it's not, it's literally a dry throat cough, um, just clearing my throat. Um, And also, I mentioned that I'm going back to see my family at Christmas, which that does depend on the political climate at the time. I'm not going to break the law. Um, Anyway, without any further ado, today's episode is with Sam Gibbs. Sam Gibbs is a visual artist who um, does um, installations and paintings. He's got a very good philosophical view on art. And today we covered a lot of ground and made a very interesting discussion. I hope you enjoy listening to it just as much as I enjoyed recording it. Without any further ado, please welcome Sam Gibbs. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you. How are we today? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm very cold, um, but I'm good. (laughs) So... I just want to start with asking you um, about your practice. If you want to give a particular outline of your practice um, and then. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, um, I'm I'm going to start off with um, basically I, I kind of, um, I I got into art through kind of um, making installations really. Like yes. um, kind of playing with um space and stuff like that. Um, this this came about through kind of my love of um philosophy as well, because I kind of um liked like the idea that I had to ask questions. Yeah. And kind of put it in a in a visual format, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, um, and, um, I, I kind of got, I got into this thing called, um, uh, formlessness that is a, um, uh, it's called again, say that again, uh, formlessness, formlessness. Yeah. Which is, is um, it's, it's, um, basically, um, kind of pioneered by this, uh, French writer called uh Georges Bataille and uh he he believed that art should be kind of brought down in the world from its uh elevated status uh to its base materialism which is which means basically uh loneliness right um it's a lot about kind of destroying categorization and uh knocking art off its um metaphorical pedestal yeah so the the artist it's not about the one artist who is like a celebrity no yeah yeah everyone as a collective makes the art yeah yeah i mean it would be completely against that kind of ideology if you can call it that what Um, ideology is that the one of 
a, a kind of you know the celebrity kind of thing right and um yeah and um this is kind of why i i kind of, most of my a lot of my work's on the floor as well so it's kind of like literally low if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah i remember actually some of your stuff in your studio space was like it was all happening on the floor and every yeah. so often you'd have a wall with a couple of bits on it but mostly on the floor yeah <laughs> and um basically um uh george's that i kind of he kind of invented this term but um it kind of got it got later later on um to uh cultural theorists kind of um Um, you appear to have cut out, Sam. I can't hear you. Hmm. I don't know what to do. Sam. Yeah. We're back. We cut out for a second then. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> so, so where was I? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so you were talking about formlessness and yeah. um, the... Uh, philosopher George something. George's was... Bataille. That's right. S say his name one more time. Uh, George's Bataille. George's Bataille. Yeah. Okay. And you're saying just... how his philosophy of art was that it shouldn't be on a pedestal, it shouldn't be... That, yeah, that's correct, yeah. It shouldn't have yeah. celebrities. Um... And... Yeah. So what was his style of art as well? Was with um, formlessness, was there a particular style of formlessness, or is it? Um... Uh, well, he he himself didn't actually uh, make any artwork. Okay. So he was just kind of a, a philosopher. Uh, yeah, just a philosopher, basically. Yeah. Um, but um, a, a good example of of someone who I would say kind of represents. That kind of formless style is uh, Jackson Pollock. Okay, um, that's because his, uh, um, you know how he uses cigarette ash yeah. on his on his paintings. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. If you if you look at them in like the tape, you can you can see little bits of ash. So what did he mix it with water or, to make a color, or did he just drop it on? With some glue or something. How did that work? Um, some it's usually mixed in with the paint. Okay. And when it, when he did did these operations, it would be on the floor as well. So yeah. it's almost um, it's 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 an operation in itself, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And uh, um. Yeah, uh, uh, Andy Warhol um, is another one of those kind of artists. Um, it, like, not so much his uh, pop art style. No. Because that's kind of going back to that kind of, you know, celebrity kind of thing again. But uh, but have you ever heard of his uh, oxidation painting? No. Uh, basically, um, he... Um, is it is it all right if I 
say pissed. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. He, he pissed on, on canvases. Oh, right. And uh, so this is another kind of... Uh, what was the uh, painting called again? O- the oxidation painting. Oxidation. Yeah. I'm going to have a quick look at it now. Yeah. I, I, I think they're in, they're in America at the moment, I think. I think it might be uh, in the Guggenheim. Oh, right. Okay, and then some of them are pictures as well, is it? Or is that... Oh, no, that's something else. Yeah, I can. I'm seeing them now. So he's a piss yeah. artist. Yeah, he, he literally is a piss artist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you kind of get the idea where I'm kind of going with this with Jackson Pollock and Andy Warhol. Yeah, this formlessness. What material yeah. was it that he used? That's interesting, isn't it? Um, is it just canvas, or is he using other? Uh, I think. I think it's just. Uh, canvas and his urine. I think there's some sort of scientific process that he did to make it like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is. It reminds um, me of um, an, a piece I saw in a... Um, there's a art gallery in Milan that I went to and yeah. there was um, a, a can of shit and um, it sold for like a ridiculous price, like uh, yeah, like I think thousands, maybe millions. But it was, it was just a can of shit, but closed and it never been was opened. That, was, was that Manzoni, Sam? I have no idea. It might have been. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was called Artist's Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see, with, he's with those cans. Artist. Yeah, yeah. With those cans, no, no one knows what's inside of them as well. No. Oh. So. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> none no, of them have been opened. We reckon it, it's shit, but no one actually knows. Yeah, yeah. It could just be clay or, you know, nothing. Oh. <laughs> Why has no one ever actually opened one? Because I, I think it would lose its value. Depends what's inside, though, doesn't it? It could be gold. Yeah, it, it, if, if you were rich, it'd be worth finding out, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or if you're a famous artist and you're the kind of artist that destroys things, then maybe you could add value to it. Like um, when Dali done the, um, the, uh, the poster of um, the Mona Lisa when he drew a moustache on it and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But he yeah. didn't do it to the original painting, though. Yeah, and also that um, oh, uh, you know, remember when uh, Banksy was last in the in the news? Um, and the uh, I remember that there was a piece that was meant to shred itself just after. That's right. Yeah, that's what I was gonna I was gonna go on to. Yeah, that it kind of it might add value or it might you know, yeah, it could de- decrease or increase really, couldn't it? I have so many questions about that, though. How real was that? Because, first of all, it's on a piece of paper. And I think, yeah. why? how did Banksy create an art piece and get it into a gallery? Who were his friends or connections that allowed that to happen? Yeah. <clears throat> and was he really, like, who were the people that were in on the trick? And who were the people he was trying to trick? Because the person that bought it um, ended up keeping it and um, 
I think it's probably going to sell for more one day. Yeah, it, it does raise lots of questions, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just think how real how real is this that this piece that happened? Like, how real is is it? Yeah, yeah. Like, is it a publicity thing? Who was in on it? How real was it? Because at the end of the day, Banksy he makes political art on buildings um, with traffic codes all over the place. And... You've got to think someone's someone knows, you know, yeah, someone yeah, someone be, knows who he is. Whether that's the gallery small group of people, because he has books published and everything. Yeah, a small group of people that do all his networking. Um, yeah, and like loads of contracts as well. It, Either that or Banksy actually is is a group of artists, not just one. Maybe, or maybe he poses as somebody that um, knows him, knows Banksy. Maybe he'll go to a board meeting and be like, "I know who Banksy is, but I'm not allowed to say." But, yeah. <laughs> but I think that theory that there's more Banksies is more plausible. But I think that also ruins it a little bit. It does. Just, do you think we'll ever find out, Sam? I don't know. Um, you don't know because of like, you know, I like when the I... idea that there's only one. I like the idea there's only one Banksy, especially because that means all of that stuff being said is coming from one person, and he's taking it all from. He's taking everything from the people, putting it into his words, and putting it out. It's all one, like. Imagine if you found out that um, there was. Uh, imagine if you found out there was there was more than one of your favorite rock star. There's yeah. like twenty of them that all play on different nights. Yeah. So it kind of, <laughs> or more than one. I mean, like more than one Lord Byron. We could we could be here forever with yeah. with, with this um thing. In fact but... I I I know I I know one of my uh favorite music artists. Um his his name's uh HKE and he goes under uh multiple aliases. So he has different names for different projects and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, like the music's all slightly different and stuff like that. It's it's really cool. Yeah. So it's kind of you know going going back to what you said about Banksy a little bit. Yeah, a bit like the um, oh who are they that band the Gorillas. Oh, the Gorillas. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one really knows. There's rumours that some celebrities have like played with them, some singers and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that it's very. No one really knows who they are. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not too keen on the the, the new gorillas stuff. No, I've, I've. I can get with it. I can dig it, but I mean, their old stuff. I think is much better. Yeah, yeah. That's the same with all musicians. I think it. It is. Yeah. Um, it's like um, um, like a memory memory lane sort of thing. Like ah, oh, there. That's when. That was out when I was younger, and it makes me feel young. Yeah, you know, this new stuff makes me feel old. That's why, that's why old people always knock young people for their music and their art tastes and and being on their phones. They're they're just. I think there's a certain jealousy of of youth. 
Yeah. I Which think... is understandable. I'm very, very jealous of people in their teens right now because I'm 25. <laughs> I, I and think... I still feel like I'm... I still feel like I'm 15 years old on the inside. I, yeah. feel, I don't feel any different except I look in the mirror and there's an old man looking at me. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I think it's with, with music and art, it's always good to stay open to, to, to new ideas. Yeah. And to new things because you, you'll never know what you could, you know, find basically like yeah like my like my my girlfriend's into like certain music that i'm i'm not really into but I, I, i'm always willing to give it a you know give it a listen just in case i've, I've missed something or, or something like that you know yeah i think that's a very good way to be because i used to be very like i used to hate um like anything with synths i used to think oh it's not a real instrument or whatever yeah um but then I realised actually no, it's not about talent. It's about the creativity. It's about like um, you don't have to be a really talented guitarist to make a good tune. You just have to like have like a bit of understanding of how it works and be really creative. Yeah. And of course, yeah. Talent really does help. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, it's since I sort of shook off that mindset that I've started discovering so much more music that's and art that that's just um i don't know there's there's just this ideology if it has to involve talent and that's why a lot yeah. of people hate modern art as well it's like oh there's no talent i could have done it it's like but first of all you didn't and secondly this is this is somebody having an idea and going out and being creative working with that idea and seeing what they've made and they've made some uh, this this wellspring of of um uh, I, I of this idea that they've had, yeah. Um, it's not about it's not about the talent. It's not about making a a nice picture of a vase that's going to look nice on somebody's wall. It's it's um an exploration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I find that stuff the most kind of interesting. Really, the the stuff you really kind of have to kind of think about. Yeah. Rather yeah. than, you know, just a, a pretty, pretty kind of little portrait on a wall, because there's kind of nothing, nothing much to it, really, is there? No. Yeah, I, I always think that. I think when people like, um, actually, it's funny you should mention Jackson Pollock, because yeah. um, Jackson Pollock had a brother who was also a painter. And do you know what his name was? What was his name? Exactly. I don't know. Because <laughs> he painted like the teacher taught them to paint. Yeah. And he, he painted just like the next person. Yeah. Jackson Pollock painted something different and everyone went, oh, that's different. I, I think Pollock, so, though, Pollock has a lot of, he has actually, I think he has quite a lot of skill, actually. Yeah. Um, but also when you see his paintings, it is a sort of like, Oh, I could do that sort of. Yeah, but it's a lot harder um, than you think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say it's talentless, but um, yeah, I'm just using his, him as an example because um, his brother painted everything exactly how it should be painted. Yeah, and now it's just like the next painter. Yeah, Jackson Pollock had 
the creativity and he stood apart from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And you've also got to think, you know, this this came out what probably most of his art came out like after the after the Second World War. <clears throat> yeah. As well. So at that time you can imagine it being, you know, amazing kind of. Yeah, just to see somebody like just expressing like this this is what I'm making. Yeah. You can yeah. you can come and see it if you want, but yeah. you don't have to. You can sit at home and criticize it for being a load of rubbish modern art, but this is what I'm making. And yeah. if you want, you can come and see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the attitude of like a lot of artists. It's like this is what I'm making. You don't have to like it. Yeah, I mean I I for my art, I um I I prefer to I like getting a, a reaction. It, whether it's positive or negative, as long as you, why is that? Like um, a, a react. If I get a reaction to my art, I'm happy. Okay. Um, instead of what is it? Okay, carry on. Uh, instead of you know having no feeling at all when looking at yeah. looking at my work. So like, why is it you think you want to have why is it that you want to spark a reaction is it that you want to be noticed or is it that you um you want to spark feeling or what is it that you're trying to achieve by doing that i i think it's it's a lot to do with uh um just kind of uh, i mean a lot of emotion goes into my work i think and I'm having not... someone uh, kind of feel disgusted or impressed, it it kind of resonates with with me, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Does it sort of confirm that what you've been putting into it is real? What you've been yeah, yeah, feeling yeah. or thinking? Yeah, it makes it more that... real for me. Yeah. I mean, um, is, isn't that kind of the main kind of goal, really? I don't know. What is the goal of art? That's it's, is... it's a great question, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's like asking what's the meaning of life, isn't it? It, it is a bit, yeah. Because um, I think while, while we're on the topic, I want to mention the sunglasses trick that um, you probably know about. All right. That um, somebody put a pair of glasses on the floor in an art gallery. Yeah, I think like two pairs of glasses on top of each other, uh-huh. and everyone stopped to look at it and started taking photos of it just because it was in a gallery and it was, it was just somebody messing around through some through a couple of pairs of glasses on the floor. <laughs> but the interesting part is it sparked two reactions. Yeah, right. I mean, well, there's three reactions. There was one reaction and two knockoff reactions. The one reaction was everyone saw the glasses, thought it was art and started taking pictures of it that's funny yeah then two reactions came from that the um anti-modern art people yeah said see art's bullshit you can just throw glasses on the floor and people will think it's art and then the people that love modern art went that's really cool you could just throw glasses on the floor and people will think it's art yeah um so there's like an attitude about it um that like yes anyone can make art and you can make art we are all artists and somebody who was messing around 
by putting glasses on the floor, whether they know it or not, they are an artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it, it's just funny how I think to me it's funny that people thought that proves that art, that modern art, is a load of a, a load of bullshit. Yeah. Um, it's like, does it really? I don't think it does. No, I don't. I think it's. I don't think it does. No. Um, I mean, a, um, a lot of the time, even when I just go for walks and stuff like that, um, I, uh, nature almost is 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 art within itself. If that makes any sense. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. I think like. Some some of the best artists are ch- children. Yeah, as a collective. Yeah. Like when when they play and they like they move like they pick up all these stones in the right colours and make all these shapes on the ground. Or they, you know, when they draw on the ground like the hopscotch and stuff. And yeah, kids with their imagination with their imagination. Yeah, will just like draw things in the mud and just be themselves, and that that is art in its most purest form because they haven't got any um, anxieties yet about life and money and uh, everything else. I think they're, they're just just being themselves, expressing themselves. I think the best artists, <clears throat> the best artists have have still have a childlike mentality to to them, don't they? They still have that kind of that playfulness. Yeah. Um, that they, you know, a lot of people lose it, but I think it's a really wonderful thing when when people do have it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's very important. Actually, yeah. is the sort of playfulness. Yeah, I think there was there was um there was a movie that I watched. I think it was a Netflix special, and it was about this art that was this guy that died, and he left loads of art behind that he had. Done. All right, and they thought it was really good. So the the, this these people that worked at an art gallery decided to capitalize on it and they all split the paintings between them and made millions but then the art was haunted by this person because this person that made the art was like a really mean person like i think it was a psychopath or something oh right and um it started the art started killing people um <laughs> And the, the art basically haunted the gallery and started killing the people that were capitalising on the art. Yeah. So it has it had like uh, a life of its own, kind of. Yeah, yeah, but the point is, is in that movie... Sorry, the point I was getting to, because in that movie there was this guy that was trying so hard to be an artist. He was trying really hard to, like, sort of make this... Um, this to make some art. And... He was trying all these different ideas and somebody said to him, um, somebody gave him like the keys to their like, <clears throat> this this rich person gave him the keys to their villa on the beach somewhere and said, go there and don't come back until you do something only for yourself. Yeah. Because he was trying so hard to become an artist. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, after the art kills everybody, he's the last person left alive and he's just got a stick and he's drawing patterns on the beach. <laughs> you know? yeah. He was trying so hard to be an artist, trying to think it's going to make him lots of money. And in the end, he's actually, he's like, actually, 
I just want to get a stick and draw patterns in the sand. All, all the best stuff comes, it comes naturally, doesn't it? I think. But it, yeah. it, as soon as you stop trying. Yeah, as soon as you stop trying. Because <laughs> it, it can be almost too forced, can't it? And then it doesn't, it doesn't have that energy to it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you can sort of tell when something's forced. Yeah, as well. you can. Yeah. Um, when something's forced. Yeah. I think there's, um, if you have an idea at the beginning and at the end of it, it's just like your idea, then, then it's, it's, um, then, then it's not really, you haven't really made it a piece of art. Yeah. But if you have an idea at the beginning and you change your mind a thousand times and at the end you've got like your, what you would say is your baby basically. Yeah. Then other people can see that too, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think at least I can. Yeah. Maybe that's because I did an art degree and I've got so much insight behind me, but I think most people can just tell if something is truly a piece of art or if even if it's the most talented painting in the world, it could still just be a really rubbish piece of art because Yeah. Um, like I was saying earlier with Jackson Pollock and his brother. Yeah. It, it makes me, it makes me think like what 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 do do uh, other artists do when when they're stuck in that kind of rut of you know they know that they're, what they're they're kind of going to do so they're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it comes it becomes a paradox. It, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well I might as well kind of not be doing anything now yeah <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember in uh, when I when I did my um, kind of A-levels in, in art they uh, like teachers would always come up to me and ask me um you know what are you doing, Sam? You, you you look like you're doing nothing, and I'd just be like, I'm pondering. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people are very busy inside yeah, their heads. Yeah, I think I'm one of them people yeah. too. Yeah, and people go, Oh, you've been doing nothing. Yeah, and it's like, Oh, if you were inside my head, you'd realize I've achieved a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favourite things, actually, is to just sit and ponder and look at yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, you, by doing that, I think it's it's really inspiring because it, looking at, you know, nature and the outside world is almost kind of sublime. Yeah. <clears throat> I I feel like... I like actually that word you used then sublime. I think people people forget to think about the sublime every day, and I think it can teach you so much. Yeah. And what it teaches you is beyond what words can say. Yeah. So I can't teach you like ninety five percent of what I've learned from pondering about the sublime from from sitting on a bench looking at a view and just pondering. Yeah. I've 
um, I could not teach you about 95% of that because most of it is beyond words. Yeah. So it's something people have to do themselves. You have to just just sit and, and ponder sometimes and or meditate basically. Yeah, I mean I, I find I find that um the sublime is easier to put in um form of a, a visual aspect like like art rather than rather than putting it into words because you just can't can you? <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's a lot of reason why people make art is um yeah, like what you said there, that's very yeah. true, actually. Because words are very limiting when you think of how thoughts are and how words yeah. are. When you, like, if I want to get a thought from my head into your head, I have to make it into words. So I'm, like, packing it in to some words. I say the word so that it goes into your head and then you unpack it and you might unpack it in a yeah. different way. Yeah, So... I can never actually get a thought from my head to yeah. your head. That's where art comes in. That's where music comes in. That's where um, other senses as well, like um, touch and yeah. smell. Um, not that we can particularly communicate with smell because unless we stink or we don't shower. I mean, we kind of, we, we kind not... of answered our own question, haven't we, really? As in, we were talking earlier about, you know, what, why make art, you know, and, and uh, the, the sublime is a reason for that, isn't it, really? Yeah. The sublime and, and uh, communication. Yeah. yeah. I think communication is inside, the, I think communication is within the sublime, yeah. really. Yeah. And what we have, this basic level of communication right now, like yeah. talking, we've been trapped in this for thousands of years. And it's only through art and music and everything that we're trying to, we're trying to extract bits of communication yeah. from the yeah. blind to help us communicate with each other how we're feeling, what we think, and everything else that we want to say to other people. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. As in, like, um, you, I, I think a really good example of, of something that's really sublime is, um, is like, have you ever seen um, Turner's uh, artwork before? Um. Did he do the statues underwater? I, I don't know if he did the statues underwater, but he he's, he does lots of kind of uh, landscapes. But they're like they're just absolutely amazing. Like you know the way he does clouds and stuff like that is so so beautiful. Okay. I mean, it, it usually wouldn't yeah. be my kind of thing, but it's just the way he captures it. Yeah. I don't know who I was thinking of then when I thought of statues no, underwater. I can't uh, think of that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was um, 
because of the Turner Contemporary really? in Margate is right next to that statue that gets covered up by the sea and then it goes down and gets revealed. I again. don't know if I've seen that. I thought that might have been by Turner as well, but it might have been yeah. by somebody else. Um, but I was there one time in Margate when a boat really? crashed into it. <laughs> or, or no, a a boat nearly crashed into it. There was like, there's all these people gathered at the, um, like all along the harbour where it goes out, you know, where there's them hips oh, yeah, at yeah. the end of that. Like, all these people gathered along and all along the fence looking out to, and we were like, what's going on? So, you know, we elbow our way yeah. to the front and there's this huge, um, well, actually it's not huge compared to, most cargo ships it was a small mm-hmm. cargo ship but quite a huge boat and it was carrying like i looked it up like found that the news feeds and everything apparently it was carrying broken glass up to scandinavia oh, wow. i don't know why scandinavia can't break glass. <laughs> um i don't know that was a, a joke that somebody said yeah, at the time that, that is quite funny like, yeah <laughs> I didn't think of that just then. <laughs> I mean, um, do you think it would have looked more like an art piece if the boat did crash into it? Maybe. I mean, I, apparently it was like a metre yeah. away. And like there was this other ship that with like this metal um, rope that was tied to it trying to drag it out. Because basically it had gone off course and crashed into the mud and like had stranded yeah. itself. So this other ship had come along there was this huge metal rope i've already said that (laughs) trying to pull this cargo ship out and everyone's there with their phones and lifting their kids up so they can see over the wall what was going on and i thought i hope that rope doesn't break because that tension the ping that would cause that could that could kill somebody um but yeah um basically I went there to see the Turner Contemporary. But you, but, but you were too bothered by the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was too bothered. Because it was at the time when Kieran Rook's art was in oh, Turner right. Contemporary. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have Kieran Rook on my podcast, actually. But he's a bit too much of a free spirit. I don't know how to get yeah. in touch with him. But he, anyway, I went to the I went there to see yeah. his work and uh, just got distracted by the boat and watched it for about two hours, went and saw his work for about 15 minutes and then came out again and carried on the, watching the boat. The thing about, the thing about these kind of uh, art institutes that I, I don't like is it's, it's very like a, a kind of capitalist way of, of showing things. Um, I yeah. think people should support um, galleries that don't have much money. I think there's a there's a market for that. Yeah. Um, I agree with you there, actually. Um, but then the, the question is raised of, like, if you make art, you have to sort of make a living yeah. somehow. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and the only way is, because it's so competitive, the only way is to develop really good entrepreneurial yeah. skills. Yeah. Because that's what's happening in the art industry, just like in yeah. every industry. Um, <clears throat> like art has become almost like real estate. It it's um, 
you know, if if you're good at what you, if you're good and you know what you're doing and you've got a bit of luck and hard work and petition, participation yeah. and no, that's not the right word. Consistency, like hard work, consistency and a bit of luck. Um, then in real estate, you could make millions and the same with art. Um, but then there are some people that are in real estate just because they want to, you know, they just they just want to have a couple of houses and and make a nice living um and maybe help people out and there are some people in art that just want to make art and make a living so there's this i think art is just like every other industry in the fact that it gets Mm -hmm. swallowed up by the the capitalists (laughs) uh, the monsters or whatever you want to call them maybe they're not monsters maybe they just let their ego run right away with themselves and they got hooked on making money Because I think that's quite a natural thing because as humans, we love results. We love seeing results. And when when you see numbers in your bank account from your own labor, you think, oh, results. And um, yeah. you get addicted to that. It can be quite um, quite easy to get yeah. wrapped up in. Yeah, I, I agree. I've, I've always found, I've always found um, you know, when artists uh, read... Uh, kind of reproduce things I've, I've always found that kind of yeah. idea a little bit revolting because it's just like making just making money isn't it really for stuff you haven't really even kind of done are you talking about like the replica paintings? Uh, not necessarily the replica paintings but uh, like how kind of uh, Damien Hirst um, you know reproduces his own works you know, oh, gets yeah. people to do stuff for him and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that used to happen, though, didn't it? Um, years ago, if you were a painter, you would be an apprentice for another painter and he would get you to paint, like, some of his paintings yeah. for him. Yeah. And, like, if he was working on a painting, you would paint about 10% of it because he'd be <laughs> teaching you. But then that was when painting was painting and that was... Um, and it also painting was that was before cameras as well. So why would you paint scribbles on on a canvas? You need to paint these people because you know you need to capture. I don't know why I'm going in that direction with my monologue that I just made. I don't know where I was going <laughs> with that actually. But I think um, the but you did. I remind, think the idea sorry. with the. Uh, re- reproducing things is is a lot to do with the kind of uh pop art kind of movement isn't it really the whole idea of uh it's kind of it's supposed to be kind of ironic but it's it's to the point where it's it kind of it kind of is is and kind of isn't um I think irony is a good thing, is a good practice, actually. I, I like the idea yeah. of contradicting yourself. I can't remember an artist who, I can't remember the artist's name who said it. Um, he's an artist from um, the Medway. Uh, he went out. Oh, right. Well, do, you uh, I, do you know who I'm talking about? I don't about? know. I, I don't think I do, no. 
he's a painter, um, quite eccentric and uh, got kicked out of a lot of art universities and establishments because of his oh, uh, opinions. Was, was it Grayson Perry art. or someone like that? No, it wasn't Grayson Perry. I mean, maybe, but like, that's not who I'm talking. Anyway, he said he loves to contradict himself to stop himself falling. All right. Yeah. And it sounds like a profound enlightening <laughs> statement, a little yeah. bit pretentious too. But there's actually, I think there's actually a science happening. There's something scientific happening there because there's this idea of cognitive dissonance. If your beliefs and your actions um, don't match, like, so if, like, if you know smoking kills you, but you smoke, you're justified by, like, ah, smoking's yeah. not that bad. Um, or oh I don't mind dying early so you adjust things whereas um, I think the simplest term is like there's a joke about it that um, a scientist dropped some toast on the floor and it landed side <laughs> up but he was of the belief that toast will always land butter side down so he decided to convince himself that actually he buttered the wrong <laughs> side of the toast <laughs> And that's yeah. cognitive dissonance. It's this idea that you'll change your beliefs to fit. Um, like you try, you change your beliefs and your your actions and everything to try not yeah. to contradict yourself. Whereas if if you just let yourself contradict yourself, then you gain a bit more freedom because you're not trying to you're not trying to prove yourself to anyone or yourself. You're just you're just yeah. living your life. And um, so I think that's. Uh, maybe not scientific but yeah I wouldn't say that's scientific but that quote that you should try and contradict yourself more to not fall into a category I think that's a much more <clears throat> I think that's a lot more uh, there's a lot more water in that idea than than what we straight up yeah. think yeah I, um when when you were talking about uh, buttering buttering bread, it made me think of uh, you know that uh, toast piece I did <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Close to the wall. It made me think of that a little bit. <laughs> I, I remember getting an email from our uh, estate agency because they had done a. Sorry, I don't know why I've got a cough this morning. It's not it's not COVID, I'm sure of that. It's uh I've I've just a bit dehydrated. Um but no, I remember getting an email from our um estate agency saying that they'd done a viewing at our house and noticed that there was toast nailed to the wall and uh, they demanded that we took it down <laughs> yeah. immediately. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I remember I remember us going to uh Asda. And I was thinking, you know, like, it, it'll be fine. Let's buy some toast and some... Na- some it'll be, fi- toast it'll be fine there. <laughs> but then, like, I think you read your emails and it was like, oh, we have a, we have a view in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that, actually. <laughs> but, 
but that that's art as well isn't it like it, it just makes sense like let's nail toast to yeah I, I mean I, I, don't know. I don't know what was going through my head at the time but um <laughs> obvious I thought it was funny <laughs> yeah that's it sometimes it's just funny it just sparks a reaction um like it's it's almost like one thing I love about art yeah. is it's useless. Yeah. It is absolutely useless. Um, yeah, practically. Then you could argue that it's anything but useless. And and the same way with with um, works of art, works of art that are absolutely priceless and sell for millions, and yeah, they're also I mean, worthless. Did you see the? Um... Oh, there was the the banana strapped to the wall with a uh, with some cellar tape, or just tape. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, they they yeah. copied our idea, Sam. They just thought nail, cellar tape, toast, banana. I I think they must have taken. They must have been one of the people <laughs> that viewed our house and stole our idea. And they've made millions on, yeah. on, on your idea, Sam. <laughs> Just, just for the, just for the listeners, you heard it here first, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um, maybe, maybe, unknowingly, Sam, maybe. we've changed maybe. the world. Maybe this, maybe we did inspire that, that yeah. banana piece on the wall, and that person who's now a millionaire is going to do something next and there's going to be an unfolding of events that creates the advent of the next of like I reckon he's just following me around trying to steal my ideas (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um, I just want to mention you know the um, the Mona Lisa that I mentioned earlier you can buy it for about twenty. Not the real one. <laughs> Not the real one, but you can buy a hand-painted Mona Lisa, the same size, and somebody has learnt to paint it exact to the point, like down to a T. Every. Last you see, I don't, day. I don't find that that impressive. And some people will just spend their life painting the Mona Lisa again and again and again and again and again, pumping them out for twenty, twenty-five yeah. quid. And when you go on holiday to, um, I don't know where, but like, you go to all these tourist attractions, you'll find the Mona Lisa on sale for about <laughs> twenty five quid. I mean, I I don't find that that impressive. <clears throat> I don't know about yourself, Sam. No, neither do I. But I think it proves that um, modern art is more art than um, yeah. the older art. <clears throat> really, I mean, I, I really actually dislike. The, the Mona Lisa as it is. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's because it's been so overdone. I mean, at, at the time it, it yeah. wasn't, but. <clears throat> yeah. I like, um, I think, uh, who was uh, Ed- Edvard screen? Monk? Yeah. Edvard Monk. I like him. Yeah. I like some of his paintings. I think he's more of an really abstract good. expressionist, isn't and, he? Though I suppose than a 
Yeah. Yeah. And his paintings can be replicated and you can buy them for like 25 quid. But um, I don't think that matters. I, I yeah. like his paintings a lot more. And um, one of my <laughs> favourites, actually, I think I'm just saying this because I've been shitting on painting <laughs> pe- painters. Um, I do love painters. Um, one of my favourite paintings is um, Nighthawk. Nighthawks uh, by, um, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Oh yeah, Popper. yeah. <clears throat> is that the? Is that a bar picture? Yeah, yeah. It's a bar. I think, like, probably in New York. I know the one you're I talking about, know, but like, it's 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 really lonely, bird. isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, I I have it on my wall actually in um at my, well at my mum and dad's house. I've got it on, on the wall there, um. So when I go back to see my family at Christmas, I don't know if I should say <laughs> that on the podcast. With the whole COVID thing. No, it's it's perfectly legal what I'm doing, actually. With My mum's looked into the law and everything. I'm going back there at Christmas. I get to look at that painting <laughs> one more time. Are you looking forward to that moment, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's- just to look at that painting, I, I just love it. It's, it's I, lovely, I think it's it's painting. the kind of it makes you think about the loneliness in life, doesn't it? It's it, yeah, and almost the sort of like if you think of a can imagine a backstory like one of the dudes at the bar, you know, he's had a day at work, he's got work tomorrow, he's got a couple hours spare, have yeah. a quick drink, you know, sort of. Like the sort of busyness, but then the quietness and the tranquility. Yeah. But it doesn't look like New York. I'm looking at it on the internet right now. I don't think it looks like New York. It looks like it could be. I have no idea where think, in the world it. Do you think be. it's a silent but painting? It, as in, there would be no sounds in in that in that atmosphere. Yeah. Maybe like some sad, yeah, music. <laughs> kind of like sad diner music or something. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. Tom Waits could think of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a, a really wonderful painting. Um, the funny thing I think about painting is is. No one, I don't think anyone can really know how to paint. You can't really learn it. Do you know what I mean? You kind of, you kind of learn it and then you unlearn it. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it, actually. Like, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of the best writers break every rule of writing. Um, But, as a beginner writer, you should never do that. Like, um, it's kind of like you should learn all the rules and then break the yeah. rules because you yeah. can break them properly. You know, if you start out writing and you think, ah, screw the rules, I'm not going to learn them, I'm just going to keep breaking the rules, you're going to make rubbish writing. But if you if you learn all of the rules and then you break all of those rules, then that's when you get something magical. That's when 
the reader goes, wow, I love this. What, what we're talking text. about reminds me a bit of, uh, do you know the artist uh, de Kooning? He was a, no. um, an abstract painter and um, he, um, he, his work um, kind of mid-early mid career was kind of quite, quite portraity, but in an abstract sense. And then um, later on in his yeah. life, he, um, he got uh, Alzheimer's and his his paintings okay. like dramatically change and you can know like there's like kind of um colorful curves and and stuff like that and that's it it's very simplistic <clears throat> and i love that that kind yeah. of that change <clears throat> yeah i've i've seen i've seen videos before on like what life is like for people with um alzheimer's and um like how like vision starts to blur not because of poor eyesight but because your mind is like forgetting yeah. how to make sense of things um i think that's right anyway but yeah you kind of yeah i'm looking at this stuff now yeah. and I, I really like it actually i mean like um oh, i think alzheimer's is like it's a horrible disease but at the same time it, it it makes for such great um, artworks and, and music. Yeah. Well, some of the most beautiful stuff comes from some of yeah, the most yeah. painful experiences. <clears throat> there's, um, there's like a shamanic saying that like everything, <clears throat> all of the amazing stuff in life is in the dark is hidden yeah. in the darker corners of life um, all of the information is hidden in the darker corners um and it it's um you travel into the darkness and you get the <clears throat> sorry my cough is really bad <clears throat> i'm just a bit dehydrated but that's all um <laughs> had a bit of a drink last night Um, but uh, what was I saying? All of the information and um, the people that go through hell in life, the people that go through hard times. Or well, let me try and reword that because it's not just some people. I think it's everyone. But when you go through hard times in life, that's when you're going into the darker corners of life, and therefore you're extracting the information and you bring it back to the light yeah. for everybody else to go. Oh. Yeah. And that's this um, artist yeah. who just showed me that, that told me yeah. about, I'm looking at his pictures now. That's a yeah. very yeah. perfect example. Something you should uh, listen to. I don't think he has um, Alzheimer's though, but he's made music about Alzheimer's and uh, it's um, have you ever heard of the caretaker you should check him out um, no. <clears throat> um, he, he he's a musician what is the caretaker and he um, okay uh, his music's kind of it's kind of 
jazzy ballroomy kind of music. Okay. I think I've heard of him before, actually. Or and he, like he, he relates it to sure. kind of an Alzheimer's experience, what, what, he, what he thinks they'd be experiencing. It's really interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely worth checking out um, if, you, if you want to listen to some music. <clears throat> yeah, actually, I think, um, I think I watched a YouTube video on this as well. And it's like this... YouTube video that's very psychological and not everyone can watch it all the way through and it's got this sort of music and this sort of art yeah. that's like stressful to look at have you um, oh, have you seen that that work in the in the tape I don't know who it's by but it does um, weird stuff to your to your eyes when you look at it because it's like it's it's striped yeah yeah Oh, is that yeah. the pattern stuff? Like all the patterns. <laughs> yeah, I used to love all of that, but like um as I've got older <laughs> I've started getting migraines and like yeah. things like that can trigger migraines. And um anyone who's had migraines before, I mean migraine my migraines aren't that bad compared to a lot of people who've had terrible migraines, but anyone who's had the slightest migraine will know. Oh yeah, you don't want to catch migraine. Do they? Do they go on for quite a while? Or yeah, some some people were. Um, they can't. They can't look at any, oh, wow. any light for about three days. Some people, they put. They'll put sunglasses on. They'll yeah. draw the curtains and stay in a dark room. Um, and. Uh, they get worse as you get older, apparently. So I don't know what I'm going to have to do about my migraines to make them stop. But um, they get worse as you get older. And literally, yeah, it's like you can't hear any noise. You can't listen to any noise or look at any anything with light. You just have to be in silent darkness for about three days because it's just horrible. Um but yeah, it's where I think it's where blood goes. There's not enough blood going to your okay. head because it gets caught up in your neck or something. Um, and then, like, there's like a is there some kind of like therapy, like um, kind know. of uh, massages or anything like that you can do to get rid of it? Is, is there anything like that? If it's all probably, I think that's where the science is going actually, because like it used to be, let's try these chemicals let's try them chemicals whereas now that we know a lot more now that we're moving forward with um in in the world we're realizing yeah it's certain massages and probably going to be a lot more physical as well um and possibly even therapy um but I have no idea, actually. Um, I mean, for Ooh, me, right. I use ti- Tiger Balm. For and if I get a slight headache, I just rub Tiger Balm on my head because it's like this deep heat. Yeah, and it works absolute wonders. And that it doesn't take away a migraine, but when you have a migraine and you use it, it does. Yeah, really work wonders. Um, I I I I saw a another another work that I 
I kind of think would have that effect is uh, I I went to see uh, do you know Anish Kapoor? He's he's, he's an artist. Um, I went. He he, he owns the the blackest black. And I went to see the blackest black, oh, and yeah, uh, yeah it, it does weird things to your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that would be something interesting. It's to very, see. very strange. Must be like looking into space or something. Not even, not yeah. even space, but yeah. like a hole in the universe. I mean, it, it's 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 really controversial because people are like, you shouldn't really be able to own a color. I mean, yeah. I I think it's a, a little bit out of order. I th- I think everyone should be able to use any any color. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, how easy is it to create it and distribute it? Because if it's really hard to yeah. do that, you know, maybe they haven't worked out how to get the pixels on a computer screen to make the blackest black, and we haven't worked out how to largely produce yeah. that is the blackest black. Because, um, I mean, if you took a photo of it, you would only really get yeah. the computer screen. <laughs> it wouldn't really go. work, would it? No. No. A colour I think I would really like to see is uh, is the uh, the most yellowest yellow. <laughs> yeah, I I think I saw a video on somebody. All right, yeah, work on the pinkest pink, but. I mean, how do you do that? Like, how do I make this pink more? Pink? <laughs> I'll, I'll just add I, I don't pink. know if it's as simple as, as that, is it? No. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if it was as simple as that. Really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just add more pink. To there must pink. be some sort of like scientific kind of process behind it. <clears throat> yeah. So then, is that person an artist or a scientist? Who made the blackest black? I, I don't know. I mean, or a philosopher, or a, anything. I, I, don't I think know what, I think art and science kind of can go hand in hand. I mean, some of my work, I I use, um, you know, chemicals and stuff like that. There's almost a kind of alchemy behind it. Yeah. So, Sam, yeah, back yeah. to your practice and everything. I want to go into like, what made you go into art in the first place? At what point was it that you made you think, ah, um, art is what I want? As do. I said, I, 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 I think it's probably it was a, a love of philosophy and trying to trying to translate that into something visual. Um, but I, I. Uh, I mean, I I really liked. I was never that good at school, as in academically. Um, and I, I found art very yeah. kind of uh, comforting, that I could kind of just express myself and uh, have you know, kind of 
It's something you do naturally. Yeah, in, there's a sense of kind of freedom to it, I find. And I still find that nowadays, which is a really beautiful thing to have. It's a surprise to think you didn't do much, very well at school because um, you seem to know a lot uh, about philosophy and um, artists and, and a lot of these cool ideas you seem to do. I, I think you seem to know a lot. You, you know, people. People can be smart who didn't necessarily do well at well at school. Yeah, I think I've heard somebody say before that they didn't yeah. fail school; school failed them. And I think that that's where the problem lies. In yeah, the, I, I think I think also a lot of a lot of teachers don't um, uh, they uh, they don't have enough passion. Or enough drive to get. Yeah, and no, I mean, it's like if if, if you don't care, then how am I supposed to care? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is a definitely a a sort of. Um, there definitely needs to be work in the. Uh, In the, in the whole, because school, I think yeah. school should be yeah. teaching people how to think, mm-hmm. how to critically think. Um, and instead, it's the teacher is like, yeah. this might be in your exam, so you better write it down. Um, there's not, there's there's none of this. Like, yeah. let me try and inspire you. Let me teach you how to think. I did have one teacher like that, and I actually ended up getting the best grade because I end up learning the most. Whereas the teachers that just Try to teach me how to pass the exam. I never passed yeah, the exam yeah. because, and it's and it's kind of boring as well, isn't it? You know, um, I I don't want to listen to someone drivel about you know yeah. facts and stuff like that. I want it to be fun. Yeah, yeah, and I think, um, I think that's the yeah. most important yeah. part of education is that it's fun because then you get inspired. And it sparks your a thought process. It gets you thinking. And that's what we need to do nowadays. I think right now, more than ever, we, we need to get to a turning point where we think where kids yeah. get encouraged to think. I think that thinking gets hammered out of people as, as we yeah. get older. It gets hammered out of us. Like, yeah. you can't think. That's dangerous. You, you need to. Um, so your art recently um, your recent um, I've been doing, you've been doing? Uh, I've been kind of combining old 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 works and I've and I've got some new ones as well um, and put and using uh, Photoshop to um, kind of uh, make them into into pieces with different textures um, but um, it's it's very much inspired okay. by uh, synesthesia. It's like a blurring of uh, what is that two two senses. So uh, you can listen to music and see color. Um, okay. Or you can or you can taste color. And it's 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 a thing that people have. So I when I when I do these works yeah. I 
I listen to music. And and it inspires me to, you know, paint in yeah. a certain way, a certain expressive way. And that's kind of what Yeah, that's, that's kind of what my new my new work's though. about, really. Can I take I can't taste colour. Can you no. taste colour? I wish I could. <laughs> no. Yeah, that would be really cool party. Yeah. Thing, like put on a blindfold. <laughs> and uh I've got to guess what Or tasting music would be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how would you do that? But music's a vibration, it's a physical thing. Maybe maybe, maybe there is a way to taste it. You you're giving me ideas, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, it's it's very it's very diff- quite different from my old work, which was more kind of inspired by you know formlessness and stuff like that. I still go back to that every now and then, because um, it's it's ba- yeah. basically in kind of layman's terms, um, formlessness basically um, tries to describe the undescribable, basically. So, okay. Formlessness tries yeah, to um, yeah. tries to describe the undescribable. <laughs> I just wanted to repeat that for myself. And that's that's kind of really what I'm really interested yeah. in doing stuff that you kind of avoids any categorization or you know. And it kind of goes back to this idea of the sublime, which we were talking about earlier as yeah. well. Something that's you know. Yeah, yeah. Something that's big, but you don't quite fully universe. understand it. <clears throat> yeah. So okay. we're getting to a point that I want to start wrapping things up soon. So what I want to mention is your book. I do, um, but right um, now, it's out of, out of print at the moment, sadly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Christmas isn't it a Christmas book as well? <laughs> Was there like a, bra- a black? Yeah, I, I think most of them were gone. <laughs> well, anyway, tell us about tell us the. Uh, tell it's, us the name it's called book, um, it's, uh, about the phenomenal snowman, and uh, okay. there's a there's a song to it as well, and. Uh, it's it's a, it's about a snowman that uh, melts um, from the sun, basically. Okay. But he ends up being okay in the end. <laughs> um, and uh, nice. yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it, I really enjoyed doing it as as a project. Yeah, so that, you, you, what, yeah, um, yeah. Was yeah. It was it was really good fun to do. Right. Um, so, are you going to get in touch with whoever is in charge and get them to print more copies now that people are? Going you know to what? I'm, I might do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Do that. And um, um, where would you can probably. Uh, there'll probably be a link on on. I know we've got a Facebook page, 
Uh, is it alright if I if I send it to you and you Facebook can put page? it um in the links? Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, okay, yeah, of course. And um, your uh, and then also your personal Facebook page and your website. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, hear um, the links for that. that. Uh, and also, your... I'll send you that as well. So <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know I've got your website here. Actually, it's it's called emergingartistplatform.com forward slash Samuel Gibbs. That is G I B B S. Um, and uh, do you know the um, um, I know link to your Instagram account? I think it's Samuel Gibbs dot seven five four. That's my um, that's my kind of name on there. So you'll be able to search that probably. Awesome. So everyone go and check out Samuel Gibbs's uh, Instagram where he's got all of his art up on there. Um, now that you've heard this podcast, you will have a great um, understanding of what it's about <laughs> or what it isn't about. Uh, so, um, is there anything last that you uh, like Just that um, I'm really looking forward to uh, whoever you have on next. Um I'll be listening. <laughs> oh, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, it's good to have people listening to the podcast. It makes me and uh, know thank you for having me on. No worries, Sam. Um, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I found it a very enlightening. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye, Sam. That is all for today, guys. I hope you stayed right to the end and I hope you thoroughly enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow Sam on Instagram at sam.gibbs.754. I think it's 754. Let me check really quick. 754, that's right. And also, don't forget to give me feedback on my Instagram when I post about this podcast. It is sam. It, at Sam underscore Jermaine, that's G-E-R-M-A-I-N-E. Don't hesitate to tell me exactly what you think about the podcast, even if you hated it. Um, I understand I'm a beginner and there's so much room for improvement as a podcast host. Without any further ado, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed the podcast and have a lovely day or evening or night.